Another reason out of my life Do not to or humble <laughs> Yes, the fact that I experience between the nor'easters and working too hard and traffic and just the hedonistic nature of the current modern surveillance capitalist society I'm feeling like an individual trapped in a very interesting and intriguing maze without a minotaur at its center but more of a pastiche a kind of curmudgeonly hodgepodge of Philip K. Dick science fiction integrated with a mix of The Matrix and The Terminator and Ex Machina and Ghost in the Shell with a little bit of Dune thrown in for good measure. What am I fucking even talking about? Well, here's the thing. So you get all these industries, right? And they're going for service industries. So like in Philip K. Dick novels, you get, boom, what we call pop-ups all the time. Uh, Google taking your information and then, hey, look, this person's into this. Them, you know, saving every fucking comment you might have made fly by night on Facebook. So you get all these you know, millions of profiles of human beings, how they shop, what they want, blah, 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 how to control them, how to keep them shopping, how to keep them dogmatically attached to not being observant as to what's going on and also to have them be overly judgmental and also to have very limited attention spans so you can shift their perspectives and consciousness on a whim based on manipulating information to varying degrees and based on their level of consciousness either they will budge or they will not but you also have societal preconditioning on your side now <clears throat> i hate to paint a bleak picture but i have to in order to give you my minute analysis of the netflix original film blame which is the anime and what I liked about it, because I was a huge, huge fan of the manga, even though there was not a lot of talking in the manga. The manga literally was just a series of images. You follow that main character, Killy, through this really dark, depressing, post-apocalyptic technological world where pretty much... He's looking for a human being with a net terminal gene so that he could impact the builders and the safeguards who pretty much are assassinating any human being that they come across and are continuously building layer after layer after layer after layer. Achilles traveled over 10,000 levels, so to speak. The film he references, you know, I came from 6,000 levels down. Now, the film doesn't really get to the end of the story as far as I could observe. And the story is not necessarily something that's easy to, A, just make a story that most people could get to. But the reason why I'm bringing it up and I'm talking about it is because it's interesting, technologically speaking. So, in the world of blame, ultimately, human beings 
are integrated with technology and the thing is with the net terminal gene which is something that all human beings many many years ago an unknown amount of time had and what they could do is interface with their city on a literal level so that a the city was completely aware of their existence and listened to them as they were those who interfaced with the city now what happened or so it seems is human beings lost the capacity to interface with this technology and the technology ran amok destroyed human beings and just continuously kept building itself now if you know anything about cancer as it regards what it actually just is like that overgrowth of cells and they don't have a, a place within the form and they disrupt and then ultimately destroy the form by just sheer level of growth and, and the destruction that that reaps it's very similar that you know ultimately the technology overstepped its bounds and without control it just simply usurped the landscape to the point where it's just perpetually building habitats and spaces for nothing because it destroys the life within it that could be sustained by those habitats now why did i mention all these other things well ultimately because the nature of consciousness and existence as it relates to technology as far as i'm concerned is as follows technology ultimately is just an expression of all the neurological and biological aspects of our physical being the roads and highways symbolic of veins and the flowing of blood throughout the form continuously movement motion cameras for our eyes recording devices for the brain microphones for speech hearing the ear etc etc so ultimately any kind of artificial life form that we create or generate is really just an expression of our own internal physiological being which ultimately means that even if we become synthetic entities encased in synthetic forms but with human brains or with augmented integrated brains or consciousnesses we still are just an expression of ourselves however some may say we've perverted nature and such we are derivative of nature we are not separate or distinct from nature and just because we can walk around and plants are rooted in the ground they have a different way to travel and that different way of travel may be their relationship with bees those little wish things that you would blow off those plants that grow off your lawn and they go into the air they travel and they seed so it doesn't necessarily make us separate just because we can walk i know i'm being a little radical here but it is my experience so i'm sharing it because that's the whole point of this fucking thing right don't have to agree just roll with me so anyway, someone was talking about how in Japan they were developing artificial intelligence last year or the year before and they had two robots and the robots were communicating and they had developed their own language and so the project was scrapped and the robots were more than likely destroyed. Now I've never read this report or heard of it, but here's the thing, folks. 
Each and every supposed future that could manifest into this physical reality is currently present, just not in form. It is present in thought. When the individuals who wanted to fly, there have been plenty of people who probably had the notion for many, many years. But the Wright brothers didn't let the notion go. And through serious efforts, made it manifest. Things that we would think were impossible, such as the rate and exchange of information, television, cellular devices that act as microcomputers, even surveillance capitalism, which, again, I mentioned in the context of Philip K. Dick because there were novels he wrote where there would be pop-up advertisements everywhere and you literally would have to slap away at the sky to make them go away. So... It's interesting because it has or intimates virtual reality. Aside from all of this, I think that the greatest post-apocalyptic song to ever exist is Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. And I say this because ultimately, no matter what is happening in our world and how fucked up and shitty it seems, there's nothing to worry about. If you look at any point in human history, there's always been something extremely insane happening with human beings. Because human beings are the greatest predators and prey on earth. We prey on each other. We are, to varying degrees, predatory in nature and to varying degrees, prey in nature. And we have not reconciled this dualistic tendency within our own psyche because we've formulated civilizations that we think will never fall we have an immortality complex and i say that as it regards very simply the immortality of perpetuating a culture a form and a norm ultimately in a universe that has a, a life of its own you can't really perpetuate anything but perpetuity itself because change is invariably the only constant in the universe and that may seem contradictory but it's really not it's like that old adage the more things change the more they stay the same the basic crux of all of human civilization no matter how it evolves or de-evolves is that human beings generally just want to be accepted by each other they're social creatures we want to interact but at the same time we want to control each other and perpetuate our own points of view so pretty much all of our conflicts are dogmatic wars where we try to demonstrate that the way that we perceive reality and how we choose to exist is the superior way as opposed to someone else. When ultimately the reason for all the variety in life is because guess what? There is no right way. Now, I don't need that to be taken out of context saying, okay, we can bludgeon each other to death because there's no right way. But what I'm really saying is there's no way for individuals to just perceive the world in one way it's an impossibility you take 50 people you put a color in front of them you might get 50 different colors you might get less but the thing about the surveillance capitalism and thinking that oh i have a record of this guy he likes this type of porn he watches this type of tv he will he likes these type of movies he likes these type of girls is this completely very it's just limiting because it's not necessarily true it just may be what he has access to if someone recommended or he might just be watching it just to kill time but ultimately 
you might get a sense or a notion of who the person is, but ultimately who we are is a construct of how we perceive and interact with the world. And that construct at any given time, like any other structure, could ultimately fall apart and be reconstructed anew. So you can't really fully gauge or know an individual. We don't even truly know ourselves. When's the last time you looked at your own face without a mirror? Or without someone standing there to tell you you got a swatch mark on your cheeks. You probably haven't. You know why? Because you really can't. Because you exist in relativity to everything else. So, I think that uh, blame is highly imaginative. Because I think it, it goes to an extreme in demonstrating the potentiality of a future where humans who integrated with technology allowed the technology to take on a life an existence of its own and that existence ultimately culminated in some outrageous occurrences so I definitely enjoy it it's kind of a quiet moody film it has a nice tempo to it I recommend it I think it's pretty cool and I think it's pretty bold for a corporation of any type to actually want to make such an obscure manga into an animated film moving along um, another interesting film I saw, and by the way, I'm going to state this emphatically from the jump, it's not a major statement, it's just a statement. The film Bright that's on Netflix is way better than Suicide Squad. Even though Suicide Squad has, you know, interesting characters from comics that are kind of awesome in the comics as opposed to how they were portrayed in the movie per se. The director of Suicide Squad did this Bright movie, at least that's what I'm thinking. Because I saw his name. Looks like the same name of the guy. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry I fucked up. If I'm not, then I was right. But Will Smith was really good in it. I'm not the biggest Will Smith fan. Um, but I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. Um, I liked the magical aspect. It reminded me of an author who I believe her name is Karen Moning. That's M-O-N-I-N-G. And uh, she did a bunch of these novels about fairies. They're known as the Fae or Elves. They're still known as the Fae. And they were really dark, powerful, creepy. This movie tends to tackle a lot of weird elements because, you know, you have the orc police partner. It's a world of magic. Uh, the highest class individuals on a planet for some reason are elves now if you know anything about the portrayal of elves usually elves are portrayed with the pointy ears and there's they're almost like the ubermensch uh nietzsche's overman uh in the way that they're represented because they're always very tall and very blonde <laughs> um in this instance the, the crux of the conflict is um apparently orcs sided with the dark lord of the Fey world and the he lost and they were considered you know those who had chosen the wrong path and had failed now the thing about it is in this world wands are powerful but only those who are called bright uh, can wield wands the anyone who can who is not magical or is not a bright when they attempt to wield a wand the wand destroys them so of course you have this issue because it's really interesting because will smith african-american cop you have these issues with communities and 
police officers and you know the hero of course comes from a, a community that has had a lot of strain and issues with the police over years so you have that and then the same thing regarding the orcs so i think that the the use of the magic element and the orc element as showing you know individuals ostracized from their communities ostracized from their people in an attempt to do a, a job that is in many ways still a thankless job because there's always more than one side to any story for many of the officers who put their lives on the line and support and care for their communities and don't get the respect it's a difficult undertaking because you are risking your life day to day but for other individuals who are literally doing their job but they're afraid in doing their job and they carry that fear into their encounters with varying peoples from varying communities and they act out violently out of this fear it's a it's a sad state of affairs so i think the movie plays with a lot of these politics with relative fluidity um how they wrapped up the movie again when you have that much content flying at that type of pace it doesn't always wrap up cleaning cleanly I, I thought it wrapped up decently, but I thought the overall content in terms of how the action scenes were shot, the interactions with the Orc and Will Smith, um, their interactions with the surrounding people in the community and with the uh, the fairies who supported the resurrection of the Dark Lord, specifically elves who were called Inferni, and how that all played out and them demonstrating some sort of cultural backdrop with the orcs and, and how orcs interact and how they get blooded and acknowledge each other and all of these varying things I was I was surprised I thought the movie was going to be a piece of shit um, I liked it I liked it a lot because my attention span as a grow cinema or television is somewhat limited I tend to just you know put something on watch it if it doesn't catch my attention i just turn it off and move on to like reading a book or doing something else because there's been so much media even though television and cinema are relatively young forms of media as far as the species goes nonetheless they still have evolved and grown rapidly uh exponentially if you will over the length of time to the point where now things are being done that couldn't even have been imagined before so it's somewhat remarkable i just thought it was a very i thought it could have been in a movie theater let's put it that way i thought it could have been worthy of being a theatrical release they release a lot of horrible pieces of shit movies so i thought it was really fucking good uh, the acting the pace it wasn't campy it wasn't silly I mean, it had obviously humorous moments and such, but I mean, the world was very self-contained and fluid, so it made for a very easy watch. It was very rhythmic in the rhythm and the pacing of the film, the dialogue, everything mostly fell into place. I'm sure there's some holes for those of you who are excellent observers of cinema to the point where you could tell me, oh, when that bullet supposedly hit that guy, they didn't put the bullet mark in the right place. It's all fucked up. I'm not that type of viewer. I look more for content, rhythm, flow, pacing, and just, 
you having the ability to suspend my disbelief long enough for me to actually actively engage in observing your story. It hit those notes. It hit those marks. So, as far as I'm concerned, if you want to take some time and you happen to have Netflix, I would strongly recommend you watch Bright. And also, again, watch Blame. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about anime too much, but again... I really fucking like anime, and I think Ghost in the Shell and Akira are both amazing cinematic films. Uh, amazing in terms of just content, story, presentation. I mean, I was reading some of the Akira manga. That's way better than even in the film. And content-wise, you just have these, these issues with evolution and warfare and technology and how do we utilize these things and where are they taking us and what will the journey be but again the journey is implicit in the moment and right now every journey is if you take a really calm long hard look at the development and interaction of human beings with their surroundings and with their creations you can kind of get a, a sense of where things could head but the best part is that that sense can always be changed by the user or the observer you could very well have the impact that's necessary to take negative things like surveillance capitalism where we're just always being catered to so that we can be overconsumptive and consume ourselves we can transition that into something that involves sharing and integrating everyone into an interactive world where we support nourish and evolve together as opposed of trying to perpetually focus on differences so that we can have one ups upsmanship and feeding into our egoic selves all the fucking time so anyway that's pretty much all I got around this time I know I probably said a lot of shit some of it might not have made sense but I mean again to clarify minutely I mentioned the Matrix because, you know, in the Matrix, they have the plug in the back of their heads. It's similar to the notion of having the net terminal gene where you interface with technology to impact and manipulate your environments. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting conceptually as potential possible futures because, again, the future is implicit in the moment. Um, if you've listened to my Steins Gate podcast, then you know... Again, time, technology, human emotions and feelings, connecting to reality, what is the nature of reality. All these things are intertwined and interconnected in a, a very intimate way. And really, ultimately, how you perceive the world, how you dream, how you perceive the self, these things impact all of our interactions and what we collectively evolve as. And not just individually. So, on that note, you know, another weekend out of my life. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why I keep singing that song. It's uh, it's really catchy. Um, and I can't help myself. Anyway, this is Thack Daddy down with the DVR podcast. Appreciate your time, your patience, and your listening. I hope you are safe. I hope you are well. I hope you're good. And I hope that you just keep enjoying life and occasionally listening to my bullshit. And I thank you for it. And until next time.
Wubble, 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 God bless. Leaders.